<laughs> good day. This is the Edible Valley Podcast. A happy New Year to you. I'm William Stringer. And I'm Chef Jonathan Fraser. And today we're going to get into flavor forecasting for 2024. Do you ever wonder where your food comes from? That's what got us started on this adventure. In each episode, we ask experts to weigh in on the food topics that matter to you. From growers, to producers, to chefs. And I challenge John, Darren, and you to learn more about your food and the stories behind it. From our hub on Vancouver Island in the beautiful Comox Valley, join us as we explore our edible valley. Excellent. As my grandmother would have said, you, you gave that a lot of spunk, John. <laughs> you know what? It's a new year, new things on the horizon. We're happy. I'm coming out with a lot of spunk today. So. <laughs> extra um, energy today Extra from energy. Me. Yes. Um, I'm excited. So. so, I mean, always got to give you a picture of when... Uh, we we are we are recording this now. It is uh, Wednesday, the seventeenth of January at eleven twenty-five, and we got a bucket of snow last night on Vancouver Island. I know I got some good exercise this morning, getting out there and doing a little bit of shoveling and uh, clearing out some driveways and stuff like that. So it's it's weird. It's actually uh, as we sit here in the kitchen is. Uh, Gorgeous blue skies, and I'm seeing all of the roof melt come down. It's not actually that cold at all. It's four or five degrees out there, so it's not too bad. We've got more snow on the way, though. Uh, so here, that is your irrelevant weather forecast. That's an irrelevant <laughs> forecast. <laughs> Which, uh, when, when we finally get this podcast up, will mean nothing to anyone, because it'll probably <laughs> yeah, be a day or so till I get this edited up. Oh, my gosh. Uh, John, food trends. That's what we're about today. Well, yeah. you know what? It's I just want to bring up the fact that we haven't been able to hang out for uh, quite a while here because yeah. you've been away. It's you were been us visiting family. So. Angleterre. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, a very, very good trip. Uh, we live, uh, my family live in this little old 600-year-old thatched cottage in the Devon countryside. And a lot of my family descended on this place for three weeks. And somehow... Uh, about five different illnesses got into the house <laughs> and just we all just cycled through all of them one of them being whooping cough oh wonderful um, and so it's not just like one illness that you all get I mean it's like what have you got whooping cough me? oh I've got a fever cheers for asking it was awful I mean we had a wonderful time with the family but me and Eva decided to go to the Premier Inn at Heathrow Airport uh, and, and actually days before our flight just to kind of get away from all this disease uh, and now I feel fit as a fiddle Excellent, excellent. So I'm just hoping you don't pass on anything to me. So. I know, yeah. Whoopsie daisy, butterfingers. How was well, your Christmas? Now you were you were looking after a lot of people, weren't you? Ah, uh, well, we did a nice family dinner at my parents' place, and so we had about. 14, 15 of us. Nice. Did it go well? Oh, it went amazing. We had such a good time. No one kicked off about the food? I made too much food. Oh, great. always. And yeah, the biggest complaint was, what was my dad said? He said, the only complaint about the food is you have too many flavors for me here to enjoy. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is too many flavors for me to enjoy. <laughs> He's like, it's just too much. I need a bigger plate. It doesn't work. <laughs> a big success. Now, was any of your food that you made reflective of the 2023 flavor profile? Uh, some of it had some reflecting. Um, I mean, a lot of it was, is uh, I did a lot of vegetarian style dishes. 
uh, not vegan, but just vegetarian. Okay. So uh, I used a lot of different uh, vegetables and, nice. uh, and stayed away from using uh, like uh, uh, meat stocks and stuff like that. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, shout out to vegans, shout out to vegetarians and pescatarians. I'm probably moving towards being a pescatarian over time. But I mean, what are, what, what are the trends we've just come out of? Well, I think what we're going to talk about today is basically like things that are sort of what I want people to keep an eye out for this year, because I think there's a little bit of change in the world of how we're looking at food. So I think I've done one for each month of the year. Okay. So we can just go through. I've got 12 quick things I just want to ramble off about. And we can just, and you can just tell me how you feel about it at home. If this is something like how your eating habits are sort of focusing on for this year. Uh, it's not as much about flavors, I think, this year. It's more just about eating habits. So, so if, and th- this is, I'm a layman in this, in this way. So it's like you might wear something that's fashionable. There's types of food that are fashionable. People are going to be hearing about this this year. So this is something for you to talk to your mates about, your friends. Hey, this is happening in food. This is fashionable. This is current. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, right. that's sort of what I was. I've sort of, I hit the internet. I went through, I read all the sites <laughs> and I sort of, I cherry picked the ones that I sort of thought were, that made a lot of sense or the ones that kept reoccurring on different sites. So. All right. You know, you know what we're going to have to do now though, John? What's that? Spinning wheel. I knew you were going to do spinning <laughs> After you, sir. No, no, you're you start the spinning wheel. <laughs> All right, here we go. Ah, perfect. Number one, the one I was expecting. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about uh, snacks for dinner. Okay, like that. Yeah. So I think uh, the sort of the reason for this is creeping up on or is becoming sort of more of a trend for people. Uh, it's convenience. We all have busy lives. Flexibility, being able to play around and having a lot of diverse options, right? So then this is sort of like bringing in snacks, sort of having like little boards and stuff like that where you can sort of maybe more picnicking stuff. A little bit like tapas? Yeah, I would say more of that. So, you know, incorporating snacks with uh, like rich protein. So having like increasing your vegetable content, right? Like having a lot of like hummus with vegetables, Uh, you know, whole grain crackers, Greek yogurt, fruits and nuts. Even like edamame beans is like a great nice. thing that I was kind of thinking about. And and saying like bringing the vegetables forward, right? Because I think yeah. every, all of us know, I know we've sort of abolished the the food pyramid and stuff like that, but we all need more vegetables in our diet. Yeah, I think yeah. it's, it's I, don't, I don't care what diet or whatever you believe in, but I think the reality is that we all need a little bit more vegetables in our, my, in uh, our diet. My dad has this extraordinary habit of eating a bowl full of raw vegetables before every uh, dinner. Really? Every, every day. And my mum now does it as well. And I've taken on the challenge. And so I now have a bowl of raw, I mean, I had a raw carrot, raw beetroots, um, a bunch of other raw stuff the other day. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was all right. And it kind of takes away that need to have, it fills you up a bit. So when you eat the dinner, you don't need to have anything too outrageous. You, it takes the edge off it. So yeah, then you exactly. can just have stuff a bit more reasonable. Well, and then you can sort of spread out your meal a little bit or you can have little things. like. And I was also thinking like lots of healthy dips and spreads, right? So having some guacamole, bean dip, you know, tzatziki, mm. you know, with some nice whole grain uh, pita and fresh vegetables again, right? Those Gorgeous. Are great options. So this is the equivalent of going to a restaurant and just ordering from the sides and the appetizers. Yeah, and I'm thinking a little bit too, like, you know, maybe having little mini sliders for burgers nice. or, you know, having uh, tacos. 
smaller things. Sushi would be a great option for this. You know? Yeah, and then it you will can be just have sure. a thing. And then of course the old soup and salad combination. Oh gosh, yeah. You Eva know? makes the most amazing soup, and I've been working my way through it this week. And it's it's a lovely dinner this time of year. Delicious soup, nice big load of bread with butter on it. Gorgeous. Yeah, and you can. It's a little bit more environmentally friendly because you're not creating lots of extra heat and, and stuff yeah. like that. So just a nice way to, to go along. All right, we need to keep this moving. Let's hit got, that wheel again. Go your turn. Boom! All right. Next thing I've got on my list: non-alcoholic spirits and wine. Like it. All right. So this is. Uh, what is it? It's dry January, and is it veganuary still? Uh, what well, the what is it? it? The Cancer be. Society is doing their dry February. Dry January is it February? I don't know. All right, okay, I'm losing. I'm losing. Track Obviously, both of us need to take get off the sauce <laughs> for a couple of weeks here, so that we can uh, enjoy some nice non-alcoholic beverages now when i went back to the uk i noticed when i went to the supermarkets because the, the all the beers and wines are in the supermarkets so you do see it you don't have to go into a liquor store things all the loads of the ciders in the pubs even guinness all have a non-alcoholic version now and that, that's appeared in the last few years this is a big trend it's it's a big trend and it, it's it's a health conscious thing because mm. now we're coming down to you know like alcohol has been connected to cancer mm. so yeah, yeah. Having limiting the amount of alcohol you consume, mm. uh, also you know alcohol is a disease, can, mm. or alcoholism is a disease, right? Mm. So like, let's try and wean off that. Yet we can still have these enjoyable moments. We, you know, and let's let's go to the whole, uh, you know, being responsible. You know, if you're the designated driver, yeah. but you still want to enjoy in cocktails and be a part of uh, yeah that dining experience. That's where the mocktail scene is is taking off. Yeah, strong uh, mocktails, and you you eat less. I think when you haven't been drinking, I know that if I've had three or four drinks and I'm doing really really well um, with my eating, and then I go home, I'm much more likely to have a bag of crisps <laughs> because I I feel good and I'm like ah oh, don't worry about it, it's fine. So it I'm really, just I'm picturing you on the laying on the carpet eating a hamburger now. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing no fast food for a year, by the way. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. So, Good including Tim Hortons. All right. Uh, let's get back to that wheel. Okay. Yeah. My turn. Well, I wanted to just bring up, like, let's talk about some nice, like, pairing recommendations Go and on, stuff then. like that. You've got to, you got to hurry. So, we got uh, sparkling citrus beverages, right? Like, it'd be great oh, yeah. to, uh, to serve with a salad, seafood, sushi, something fresh like that. Nice. You know, you can have more herbal infused drinks. And, you know, we can match those with like nice Mediterranean foods and such. And then if you're going bold and spicy, let's get into some like some nice Indian curries, Mexican cuisine, or even just straight up barbecue, right? So you can have this nice balance of pairing your beverages with your foods as well. Yeah, so you're giving it that thought because, you know, you when you go on a diet or when you take something out of your diet, you don't want to just have this void. You want to fill it with something else. And exactly. if you go into like a, uh, a restaurant and you're talking about wine pairing, well, what are you going to do instead? And you, as you say, you can still pair things. It just doesn't have to involve alcohol. Why does it have to involve alcohol? Exactly. It's one ingredient. Exactly. And it's also a little bit cheaper on the pocketbook too, it right? It is. Yep. All right. Um, my turn. <laughs> Your turn. All right. We are going into innovative plant-based cuisine. This continues. This continues. Yeah. We talked about this last year. Uh, it falls under the same thing. It's, you know, a health, looking at health, embracing a more veggie-based diet. Mm. 
I, I don't believe this is more of like looking at um, taking away meat, but just adding more vegetables to your diet, you know, not always having a protein, a, a rich protein, or sorry, I shouldn't say that, an animal protein. An animal, yeah. To, yeah. to be part of that. Uh, there's also, you know, looking at environmental concern, you know, animal agriculture is a big drain on our, our ecosystem, right? Mm. So it's, it's one of those. And ethically, right? Yeah. And a, a great way of doing this, if, you, if you're happy eating meat, which, you know, I think you absolutely can be happy eating meat, um, is to limit meat uh, consumption to twice a week and increase the quality of that meat. So getting it from a local farm and you think, oh, that's going to be really expensive. Well, not if you just do it twice a week. You can look forward to it more. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's lots of like meat substitutes, you know, like sometimes, you know, like I, I love a nice falafel burger. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's just a nice, it's, it's beautiful, right? Or you can have a nice bean burger or something like that. There's lots of options to do to mix around and have with that. Uh, the other thing is like dairy alternatives, right? I've started to get into doing a lot of uh, oat milk and, oat and soy. Milk. Oat oh. milk. <laughs> That's, not, that's a new one. Oh, <laughs> where's, the, where's, the, where's the tree in our garden gone? <laughs> it's in the See, fridge. You grab the tree and you have to squeeze and squeeze. Okay. Uh, no, but I'm just saying, like, so getting uh, some of those alternatives. The other ones is, I remember you and me were doing this over COVID, doing uh, vegetarian cheeses. Oh, yeah. Now, I worked in Edible Island. And we'd always have this box of stuff we could take home at the end of every shift. And this was during COVID. And I would, and there was always vegan cheese in in the mix. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, I wasn't impressed. But now it seems to have, have, have come forward quite a lot. I think we we incorporated into a few things that was like quite nice. I think we made a tuna melt once with right. the, yeah with the cheese on there. Don't do it like... on a cheese board. But <laughs> it, yeah, maybe. No, there. I think there are places that it go. It like it, it if you incorporate it as a nice spread and you're not expecting it to be cheese. Yeah, you know, but it does have some of those characteristics. So, um, all right, are you ready? Yeah, let's do another spin here. Right, you do your turn. All right, what do we got here? Your face when you do that. I know. You should be filming. Get the camera out, yeah. (laughs) Far away. So I wanted to look here at budget-friendly culinary delights. Okay. What is that? Uh, It's about maximizing uh, the most of the ingredients and wasting and getting the most flavor out of things, right? Okay. Maximizing your resources, you know, affordability and being creative. You know, like this is getting into spending a bit of time meal planning. We've talked about it before. There's lots of programs out there that send you box. Yep. Love them, actually. Yeah. But this is something maybe that people start doing on their own own yeah. time. You know, like when you're going into the grocery store, going with a plan. We've always talked about that. Buying on bulk on some of the things that you're going to use all the time, which yeah. is a difficulty because I like to buy in bulk and then I forget to use them. So, But like getting into your grains, your legumes, yeah. you know, buying your 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 spices to reduce on that and then working with seasonal and local produce right so that you can you know just because you really want cauliflower you don't have to you can mix it up to something else like being flexible with the price of what things are go to the fridge like our grandparents would have done and with the mindset of what can i make with what i've got instead of i'm going to the shop for this yes that is a very um modern day thing and it's not the best thing for the earth or for anyone anyone yeah so and uh, that's a lot of things of like uh using whole ingredients mm. 
So, and I'm just going to bring up a simple one that I saw the other day online was uh, celery. Okay. Head of celery. It was 269 or something like that. Cut up pieces of celery in a plastic container, half a quarter of the amount, it was $3. Really? Yes. So if you can go in there and grab those ingredients, and I know there's that thing you're like, oh, it's there, it's ready to go, I just have to pick yeah. it up and eat it. But then thinking forward a little yeah. bit, like yeah. you've got this, if you've got this vegetable in your fridge yeah. and it's sitting there, throw it on the stove and yeah. make a stock out of it. Like it, it, it doesn't have to go to waste. Yeah. So you can still get that nutrients and stuff. So thinking about that, because that's a great way to save money as well as going back to meal planning, right? Nice. So when you're meal planning, you buy that head of celery mm. and then you sit, okay, so these are the three dishes I can have. Or if you've got a recipe of something, you're like, maybe I can add celery to that. You know, like yeah. if I'm making a salad, let's cut some fresh celery. I love it. And it, you just have to commit a little bit of time and it makes you happier. I mean, you could be sat here listening to this podcast and you could be cooking like this. I mean, what else are you going to do? Cooking is is something that sustains you exactly. and you know i say this i'm not preaching i'm, I'm kind of saying it to myself as much as anyone else because <laughs> you always think oh no, i can't do that i just need to do this or just go and order food from skip the dishes or whatever like yeah that. yeah yeah you, you actually have the food there and it's not a problem to spend time cooking it it's one of the things that makes you happy yeah. is to make you food so that's the other thing you know taking some time looking at what's on sale what's the specials on there you know buying affordable proteins uh eggs tofu cheap cuts of meat and poultry you know maybe getting a, a, a leg and instead of a breast, you know, you can, there's some, some ways you can save a lot of money and then it gives you a chance to experiment and then adding spices, using up leftovers, they can all help with that. So. Yep. I'll do a spin. Spin it away. Okay. Rin. Botanical and floral based. You have you, to run this one past you me. You got this one. This one should have been right behind uh, doing the, um, the non-alcoholics. The non-alcoholics. Yeah. But hey, that's how the spinning wheel goes, right? So I think what this is, I'm looking for that people are going to be starting to use unique flavors. So they're going to start bringing in a sort of like a good sample would be like lavender, rosemary, hibiscus, chamomile, infusing those flavors into foods, you know? another way of adding flavors it's just adding extra flavors and giving a little bit of distinctness yeah. so this would be huge when it comes to your mocktails even if you're going to yeah. having a, an actual cocktail yeah you know these are all great things so using infusion syrups and stuff like that so you can take these flavors and put them into a simple syrup so you can have that little bit of uh, lavender or rosemary kick to something you can also do like infusing oils into vinegar and stuff like that floral waters oh yeah so then you can infuse like say orange blossom or rose nice. water it just adds that extra bit of flavor and then of course finishing with you know infused salts we've got lots of friends that have been doing this infused salts i'll shout out to clever crow they've been doing this for years but just having these different finishing salts that you can just so they just give that little extra bite I love it. And, that's so and nice. extra flavor so that's those are those are some of the things that i've been looking at so Wow, what, the snow's really coming off the roof, isn't it's, it? It's starting to warm up out yeah. there. <laughs> um, all right. Hit that wheel again. Okay, go for it. That sounded a little bit like the uh, Rick Hasty never going to give you up. I am going to I was buy. expecting it to be... Da, 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 <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Maybe that's just my brain. Maybe that's the next wheel. Super uh, spicy condiments. Super spicy condiments. Yes. Hot sauce. Hot sauce. That's what I'm all... Uh, it's such a Canadian thing, I've got to say. 
That's hot sauce? Yeah. In, in the UK, you are tomato ketchup and mayonnaise. That's what you asked for. One of those two. And now we got hot sauce. Hot sauce. I remember when I used to work in the Atlas Cafe and then in the summer I'd go and work for River Cottage in Devon. Right. And I would say, I, I just reeled it off once. I was like, any hot sauce at all? And they were like, what? And they were like, yeah, that sounds lovely. And I was like, okay, well, we don't have any. <laughs> um, yeah, hot, hot sauce. Canadians love their hot sauces. Yeah. And so, but I'm, we're looking at it for not just like flavor enhancers. So mm. like adding a little bit of spice and a little okay. bit of heat to your soup or your sauce or whatever. Uh, but then there's also like cultural diversity. So we're looking at global cuisines and stuff like that. So like Mexican, Indian, Thai, Caribbean, those style of foods, right? That have like that real good kick, you know, like it's a, it's a flavor booster, right? Mm, like, yeah. Or else having a, the dipping sauce to sort of intensify the flavors and stuff like that. I've been playing around with hot sauce. So that's basically why I looked at this one. I saw it on a list and I was like, that's definitely going on there because... I've always been a bit of a skeptic of hot sauces because I've always been like, try to build my own flavors within it. But now I'm like, I'll just hit it with a bit of the hot sauce and, <laughs> and just play a little round with it. So excellent. And, I, I'm keeping a bit quiet on this one because I, I, I don't like spicy food. To <laughs> <just> be honest. <laughs> I'll be like, there, keep it on the side, please. Okay. That's nice. So I can see that. And I, you know, gradually. You know, I I think gradually, if you get the kids, you've got a little Penelope, get her onto slightly spicy stuff now. Yeah, yeah. You have a benefit of that because yeah, it's, yeah. it's a whole load of flavor that I just can't have because I didn't start on it young. Yeah, yeah. But I, you don't even need hot, hot, hot sauce. Like, yeah. you don't need the old ghost pepper in there. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. just a little bit of like a jalapeno yeah. or, you know, adding a little bit of wasabi or something yeah, along yeah. those lines just to give you a little, a little kick. A little kick <laughs> in your thing. All right. Ready for the next one? Hit that wheel. It was actually not my turn, but that was great. No, I think it was your degree. turn. Was it my turn? <laughs> uh, no, because I did the... Oh, yeah. No, I did that too. Oh, okay. We're just right. lost. We kind of ruined it. We kind of lost it now. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. keep it going. <laughs> Countertop ovens are the appliances of the year. This is where I'm throwing it out there because I remember when you came to my house and threw an air fryer on my counter and I was like, what the... <laughs> is that <laughs> is that a countertop oven? That would I would consider that, that as a countertop oven. So okay. basically, we're looking at things that are space savers, quick heating, multi-purpose, and energy efficient. Okay. Those are the things that I'm talking. So about. not just firing up the giant main oven or the little one above it, but actually using like a little, really little countertop one. Yeah, these are the things I'm sort of looking at. Like you know, like the old toaster oven mm. isn't is maybe more an economical. Mm. And beneficial thing for you. Like, because yeah. you can get that nice broiling yeah. effect going without having to heat your oven yeah. up. And, you know, hydro bills creep up there pretty quick, you know. They do, yeah. So it's just one of those things that gives you that ability. So you, it's not always using your big oven. So, I mean, a lot of us are, you know, smaller families and stuff like that. Um, it's not as effective to heat up the big oven. And you mm. also see ovens coming out today that are in two sections. So they have a, a big roasting section and a smaller baking section. Mm. So I just think some of those things are, you're going to see a lot more of those. Uh, the other thing I look at like induction burners. Oh, I love them. And they so, get the job done so quickly. Yeah. You've got a countertop one of them. I, uh, I have yeah. a countertop one that I use forever for doing pour over coffees and stuff. Nice. And it's just great because it's like, it's quick, it's easy, it's fast, you know, yeah. you want to boil a pot of water. It's got the speed of a microwave, yeah. but with none of the stigma. Uh, it has a bit of stigma. I will say does it's it? not. Yeah, it does have a bit of a stigma. It's one of those ones that you shouldn't stand too close. They always say you should stand just as far away as a microwave. So Really? Yeah. 
Oh, interesting. All right. Just, just. But I might it, forget you said that. You just forget it. Yeah. <laughs> forget uh, about <laughs> it. <laughs> Anyways, but this is just one of those things to make cooking a little bit easier okay. and more convenient at home. I think, and that yeah, we you don't having a couple extra things on there. It's not just working with your microwave. Yeah. You know, there's other things like uh, having a kettle. Yeah. One of those electric kettles is like so much more energy efficient than boiling one on your stovetop. So yeah, ask everyone in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's it's this one's my turn for the wheel. Go for it. I'm throwing out white chocolate. <laughs> white chocolate, I bloody love. But why don't I have it every time? I don't know why the default is milk chocolate. It is white chocolate. But well, is it really chocolate? It's not really chocolate. I think okay. that's one of the things. What is it? Uh, it's just it's a. Yeah, put me on the spot right now. <laughs> <laughs> what is it though? Because it's not got cocoa in it. No, it's uh, it's a chocolate with a higher cocoa butter content. It has flavors and texture. So it's like, it's just, it's... I'm trying to think of what the exact words I want to say for white chocolate. It's a mystery. Yes, but it's just, it's, it's one of those things that I think is coming back. And it's not only just using it in dessert applications, but actually using it in savory applications. Okay. You know, like we've done, a, a lot of people have been working with doing dark chocolate and infusing that into flavors yeah. in food. Like, um, and I'm, I'm going to go straight back. Like we can just talk like a mole sauce yeah. is, is absolutely gorgeous with a nice dark chocolate in there. But then let's, we can do the same thing with, the white chocolate infuse that into flavors as well so what would you would you uh infuse it into something savory yeah i i had this um i did this white chocolate parsnip which is absolutely amazing little parsnip into sweet things is amazing yeah because you can buy parsnip cake a lot now instead of carrot cake a lot of places do parsnip it's delicious. It's it's absolutely fabulous. So yeah. taking those kind of flavors and just as just playing with them, and just yeah, combining it with uh, other citruses, berries, nuts, uh, and even like spices. You know, nice. It okay. also gives a, a velvety texture to to things too. So, you know, coating and drizzling to intensify a dish. Perfect. All right. Oh, we need to keep on moving. Let's keep moving. We're There's getting behind so many here. tips today. Uh, <laughs> uh right uh we've hit number nine third culture cuisine what is that third culture cuisine so we're talking about infusion cooking okay so we're taking three different cultures and sort of combining them all into oh. one right so, so is it similar to fusion it's definitely it is fusion but it's like it's like taking like a tex-mex asian dish or doing a Mediterranean oh. Asian dish. Uh, I'm on an Asian roll here. So but you're like, adding three things in. Three, three different f- things, you know, like doing a sushi burrito or a Korean taco, right? That's like, two. I know, but we're just talking about adding, because you're taking a sort of North American style dish. Yeah. yeah, yeah and then yeah. infusing Mexican. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I see. So there is three things in there. Yeah. So there are three things. So it's a, it's blending ingredients and flavors, taking different marinades, sauces, and dressings, and just infusing everything. You know, like you can do a, an, a, like a nice Indian curry mm. on pasta. Right? Okay. Oh, yeah. Like, that it, sounds like a That's great one idea. of my, I used to, we used to do a chicken curry chicken uh what was that chicken curry pasta that was just like oh, i loved it it was just wow. like yeah nice idea so it's gonna happen more right do you want to go 
Uh, yeah, let's go. All right, this one was kind of going with one of the other ones we did earlier, but shopping shoppers want more from what they buy. So they want to know the quality of their food. They want to know what's in it. So basically being health conscious and knowing, you know, the environmental awareness of where their food is coming. I mean, this is something we've been talking about forever definitely on this podcast, you know, the whole farm to fork, you know, knowing where your food comes from, which is something we've always talked about. Yeah. But I think that's gonna, it's, it's still up there in the top of the, the thing. So people are sort of wanting to know the, where the demand for their products are going to become. They want fair trade. They want animal wealth, fair, socially responsible foods to be eaten. See in their food. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Not just this kind of mirage of ingredients you've never heard of. And then chucking half of it away anyway. Yeah, they the want to. They want to see their labels: organic, non-organic, or non-GMO. Sorry, not yeah, organic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants. Anyway, so and then yeah, they want to know that their foods being less a reduction in food waste and stuff like that. So okay. yeah, great. All right. Um, ring, ding, 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 changing the food narrative. So this is, this is a little bit of just talking about how we talk to people about food. You know, and not making diet seem like such a horrible thing and not fat shaming people and changing that sort of uh, message about food and the body image of food. Right. Because I think we all get into this, especially this time of year. It's about uh, losing weight and looking, looking healthy. And it's like, well, actually, you know what? You are healthy, right? Like, yeah. Maybe you maybe you could be a little more, have a little more exercise and be more out there, but you don't need to shed a hundred pounds or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, you know, the other day I went and got a massive bag of crisps from Superstore and I know I shouldn't have, but instead of shaming myself about it, I'm not advocating having that every day, but I said, why don't you just talk about actually how much you enjoyed it and how much you appreciated it? And you're not going to do it every day. You're not going to shame yourself, but you're going to appreciate it. And then because that shame could be one of the things that would encourage me to do it again becomes this dirty little secret well we always talk about good foods for you and bad foods for you yeah instead of talking about foods for you yeah right and so i think people and then they so you start so let's say you go down this road of eating what we consider bad foods then you feel bad about yourself right so let's let's try to keep that positive energy going yeah uh, I know this is probably people are going, oh, this is wokeness, but I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to say it. I'm just saying like, let's, let's be a little bit more positive. And this is like definitely as parents looking yeah. to our kids yeah, and, you know, not giving that stigmatism towards foods. I mean, know? we're trying to do that. One thing we do with Penelope is we put down her dessert and her main at the same time and allow her to just eat what she wants. But when she's had the dessert, it's gone. You know, there's no more of it, but then right. we're not making that separation. Yeah. So she just looks at food as food and, and there's no um, extra energy attached to that. Of hey, course. this is the treat because then one day you're going to want more of the treat. So it all goes there and she knows when she, she gets that little treat, but she doesn't think of it as a treat. It's just part of her meal. Yeah. yeah. So this is like, yeah, being mindful eating too. Yeah. You know, thinking about when you're full, you're full. You don't have to eat more. You don't have to finish your plate all the time. I know all right. We, we talk about food waste. I'm excited about this one. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, we don't need to do the wheel because this is the last this one. This is all we got. <laughs>
Yeah, so this is the one that keeps popping up as, and I thought I should put one food down okay. of a food of the year. Okay. And, and I'm kind of excited about this one because I've used it a few times, but and I've, I'm learning a little bit about this. Uh, so ube, or, or as kind of also is uh, purple yams. Per, okay, I was thinking that was UBE. Okay, that makes more sense. This yeah. is like a purple yam. Yeah, so it's like a purple yam. So there is a distinct difference between the ube and the purple yam. Uh, that the it, the ones from the Philippines and it's got uh, has a really vibrant purple color and it's sweet, nutty, it's sort of a vanilla nutty flavor to it. Nice. Yeah. So I think that's going to be. It's, I I'm I'm interested to play with it as well as working with some purple yams and stuff like that. I mean, I do have to bring up the fact that um, purple few foods have always been my Achilles heel in the world <laughs> is that just because purple is one of those colors that likes to fade really quick okay or as in i always have my i've probably told the story a dozen times but my purple beans which i was like oh these are beautiful like they've got this very vibrant purple color and i'm like they're gonna look so nice on this dish i'm presenting them with and i'll just have a, a quick blanch in the water and then ice bath them and then give them a quick saute to finish them off to heat them up nice, to serve yeah. with a nice glaze on them yeah, as soon as they hit the hot water, instantly went green. That's like, wow. All the purple is gone. So I was like, oh. Now, apparently, this doesn't go this way. And so there's lots of different ways to work with this dish. So you can make it into pastries and puddings, as well as into breads and noodles. And so you can combine it in both savory and 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 sweet. Okay. And the, the color holds up, and it's I full love. of rich nutritions. The color's great, and, and purple, honestly, I mean, it's an amazing color. It's underrated. It's the color of royalty, and ah. it used to be the most expensive color to reproduce. Of course. Which is why it was color of royalty, I would assume. And look at that now. And there's no purple in any flag. Try I, and look for a national flag with purple on it. I don't know. You won't find it. It's too expensive. Let's start our own nationality. Edible Valley. It'd just be purple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> premium <laughs> all right john that's great so they are that's the that's the 12 trends of this year to look out for these are, i really enjoy these are of them. these are the edible valleys 12 trends yeah. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm really enjoying the non-alcoholic spirits and wine and the botanical and floral based i think they go very well together mm -hmm. i think it's very health conscious and i think the flavors that would come through on that are delicious and That's I think I think the rest of this year I'm going to spend trying to introduce you to hot sauces. So. Oh, all right. This could Go be on. this could be oh, a lot of fun. To. Yeah, <laughs> a little all spicy right. coffee, a little. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, all right then. Well, that's great. Um, as ever, if you've got anything to say to add, uh, then find us on Facebook or Instagram as well. Instagram, Instagram as well. Yeah. As soon as we get. Get going on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> all over Facebook. Go to Instagram. Facebook, so. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we'd love to include you in next, uh, next week's show. But thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Edible Valley podcast, the first of 2024. And just to let you know out there, we're just starting this year, 2024. Can you believe it's 2024? <laughs> I honestly. And I saw this about 2004. <laughs> you just keep saying 2005, maybe. Yeah, it's no. crazy. It goes by fast. So anyways... We're setting up for this year's recording. So if there's any new farmers out there, any yeah. new chefs out there, anyone who's listening to us who has an idea or wants to learn something about what is in our Edible Valley, we would love to hear from you. And you can send us an email at ediblevalley at gmail.com. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much. And we'll check you out on the next show in exactly a fortnight's time. Thanks again. Cheers. 
And that wraps up another episode of the Edible Valley podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And a special thanks goes to the local businesses that help support our podcast. They make it possible for us to showcase your local food community. We'd love you to follow us on your preferred social media at Edible Valley, where you can check out our blog, find recipes and tips behind the scenes. And of course, keep a lookout for where we are going to turn up next in your Edible Valley. <laughs> right. Have we any ready? <laughs> Is it recording? Anytime you want. If you put this out, you're dead. Uh, good, uh, good day. This is the Edible Valley Podcast. And this has been an Edible Valley production. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Okay. Ready again?